With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. What's going on? Welcome to another edition of Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. Um, man, so much fucking going on. I have no idea where to start, where to end, any of that shit. Um, I'm just going to just, just check shit off my list as I go. Um, let's start off with some of the shit that I've been up to. Um, lots of gardening shit. Um, I've been busting my ass outside and the, the type of shit that's going to come out of that. It's going to be beautiful. My um my yard is going to be insane. Um I just keep adding to it and um you know, everything I do I do extreme. So 
I put a lot of work into shit, and um, the difference in what my yard looks like from like a year ago, let alone two years ago. Two years ago, two years ago was real fucked up. But even like last year, I set it off pretty nice. What I've done between last year and this year is still a huge step up. Um, so you know, I mean, just just working away at that. Um, I got um, three new ducks. Um, you know, I had, uh, Darkwing had passed away, um, recently. Yeah, I, I believe I covered that on the show. But, um, uh, you know, I wanted to get more ducks, but I, initially I was going to get two. Um, I have Daffy still left. He's the last of my original crew. Um, but, you know, mixing male ducks with chickens or anything else is, is pretty dangerous. And unfortunately, uh, years ago I learned that the hard way. Um, it was probably a good year or two now, actually. Um, but, um, the one tried to mate with one of the chickens. The chicken was broody and the chicken didn't leave the area that the ducks were in. Um, when they're broody, they kind of commit to like where they're going to lay an egg, you know what I mean? So they, they just won't leave no matter who like nudges them or comes at them. A lot of times, you know, chickens will fall victim to predators that way because they're so dedicated to that nest or what they feel is a nest. Because half the time with the, these broody girls, they just stay in the one spot. They feel like it's their nest. There's no eggs going on. And, you know, in my pen, there's no roosters. So even if there is an egg, there's no, nothing's going to come of it. And, you know, we try to take them as fast as possible so they don't get that way. But um, I got these two bantam cochins. Uh, it's a certain breed of chicken. And for whatever reason, they're really, really broody. Um, and the one still is. Um, I'm constantly trying to break her of her broodiness. Um, I, you know, you can lock them in a dog crate for like a week or so. Sometimes they'll break out of that. Um, so that's the uh, the one that I have left. But the other one that I had, um, she decided to get broody on the duck side of things during duck mating season, and that, that didn't end well. Um, I guess... Uh, the way the ducks are built, it's like like the dick's like a corkscrew or some kind of shit, and it'll it'll fuck another animal up, so it'll it usually kills them. Um, so that that was what happened back then or whatever. But so moral of the story, you know, going forward, I would more lean towards getting female ducks, so that way that's not even a risk in my pen. You know, I've made you know different provisions and you know took precautions and tried to you know do different things to, to avoid that from happening again. Um, but, you know, I mean, I would like to eliminate that risk completely, which is, you know, why I went with girls. Um, I looked around a bunch, you know, I really wanted to rescue birds. I, I wanted like, it's so hard. It's crazy because working where I work, you see people always trying to get rid of animals, um, constantly. Um, and then, you know, then when you're looking for a certain thing like ducks and stuff, it seems like the only thing I could find is, like, you're – obviously, you're going to find some males out there. Um, more so with the chickens, you're going to find a lot more roosters that need homes, um, more so than, than male ducks. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's hard to find. Um, so you find a lot of farms that have babies, and obviously Tractor Supply always has babies and stuff, but – I don't feel like doing all the heat lamp and all of that bullshit and, um, you know, cause then I still got to wait until they're full grown to even acclimate them into my pen. Like I don't have that type of fucking time in my life. 
So um, I, I just preferred to get, like, adult girls, you know. So I ended up finding a place out in Marlton, and um, we went out there because I also found that they had multiple breeds, which is great because, you know, then you get a variety to select from. I got a Welsh Harlequin, a Cayuga, and um, a Khaki Campbell. Um, so, you know, I, I picked those out of the, the crew. When I, ran, when I went there, um, I noticed right off the bat that these were really, really fearful of people. Um, they had a flock of probably 20, 30 birds in it. And um, as soon as you went, like, near the pen, it was like a big open kind of horse pen type thing. As soon as you went towards it, um, they all ran in the other direction. It was like a cloud of ducks just ran in the other direction. You know, you could tell they were really scared of people. And the guy was, like, real farmer-based, you know. He grabbing them by the feet and sh- fucking wings and, you know, just just not compassionate, you know what I mean? It's And that's that's kind of, like, what you deal with when you deal with any kind of farmers. You, you're not going to get, like, that, oh, you know, hugging the birds and shit like this. Uh, you know, that's, that's how we operate because to us it's family, you know. It's our animals, our family. Um, so, um you know, that that's just, you know, it's a huge leap. And now I got to get these girls acclimated to human contact. And they're really, really scared of people now. So a lot of handling and everything. And I think they'll be fine. We have them isolated from the other birds in there for now. Um, you know, got to get them dewormed and, you know, get everything up to speed. So we're not, um, you know, bringing in any, any new dangerous stuff or anything. Um, so that's pretty much that. I'm really excited to have them. And, uh, like I said, my other ducks, I mean, Daffy's got to be at least 12, and um, Darkwing passed it at 12, you know, at least 12, because he was an adult when we got him 11 years ago. So, um, you know, I mean, we're, our birds are getting good long lives, um, especially our ducks. Our ducks have really um, thrived very well with us, so I'm, I'm very happy to have these girls. Um, I have my first fucking race since 2019. Uh, this coming Saturday. So I've been training my motherfucking ass off. I, uh, you know, like, the gym shit, um, little bit of running. I'm telling you, my biggest fucking fear this whole fucking thing is the running. If my lungs are going to handle it, if my legs are going to handle it, if any of that shit. Um, but it is what it is. I got nine plus miles and 60 plus obstacles ahead of me on Saturday for the Bone Frog Trident. And that's, um, you know, it's it's kind of like the two races combined um, in one because they have like a sprint version and a challenge version. And the sprint's about three miles and the challenge is about six miles. And the Golden Trident is doing them both together. And that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't do shit at half speed. So, I mean, whether I'm cold three years on this shit or not, I'm going all the fuck in. Um, so it is what it is, man. I got to wake up at like fucking three in the morning. I got to, um, leave my house at like five, uh, to get there, you know, so that way I'm there like seven, seven thirty. Um, it's up in Stanhope, New Jersey. And, um, yeah, it, it's a beautiful area. Um, like mountainous, it's like North Jersey, but it's like the mountainous pretty area in North Jersey. Not like fucking crackheads and bums and shit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it real nervous at the same time. Cause again, it's like, 
I, I once I started rolling on those races, I did those races for like what was it, fourteen? I don't know, fucking five years, six years, something like that. You know, I I did them every year, and it was I was getting better and better and better and building myself up. You know, and I started to get you know, some pretty decent little times. I mean, not, not, you know, I'm not a podium kind of guy. I'm not a win in the race kind of guy. And I started doing like real serious athletic shit in my thirties when I quit drinking. That's, that's when my athleticism actually took shape. You know what I mean? Is when I gave up the bad shit and I adopted that as like, you know, more of like what I was going to push myself towards. So, um, you know, I'll never be like a, you know, conquering the fucking world athletically. But, you know, I'm 44 years old and watch me go, motherfucker. I'm a, I'm a bad 44-year-old motherfucker. Um, uh, I'll, uh, I'll take my efforts over a lot of other people that I see at my age. Um, so that's, that's what I'm bringing to the fucking field on, on uh, Saturday, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that. I, I think that's the most of what's going on with me. Um, you know, work is work, you know. Always there's going to be ups and downs and everything else. Uh, you know, I've been doing this 21 years, so shit's, uh, shit's not new to me. Um, but, yeah, just just uh, just keep pushing on all fronts. And uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I know I'm missing some shit. Uh, and, and, I mean, I obviously didn't even get rolling, but I'm just trying to knock, like, the what I've been up to type shit off, and then uh, we'll get into all sorts of shit talk. Um, fuck it. We'll just, we'll just start, start up on this shit. Um, uh, so my man, Jeff Sand over there, he hit me up with a lot of topics and stuff. You know, we talk a lot back and forth about all these shitheads in the wrestling business. And, uh, so a lot of times, uh, you know, we could just go back to our conversations and stuff. I've done that same thing with Shaheen is where we'd be back and forth about this topic and that topic. So then when it comes down to like showtime, like, yo, what the fuck have we been talking about? And we go back and, you know, and that's a lot of times where I'll, I'll get my topics all loaded up from. Um, so uh, let's just start with this list he, he compiled here. Um, dirty Ronald McDonald controversy. Uh, so this guy, I had called him out for being a shithead a while ago just based off of his wrestling ability. And he was immediately arguing with me on the Internet, which to me just confirms my opinion that you're a shithead. Um, because again, like if you can't brush off negative criticism or, um, you know, deal with a comment that may not be in your favor, um, I, you're, you're not, you're mentally soft, you know what I mean? Um, as an entertainer, you know, as a human, it is what it is. And people just can't take that type of shit. I, I'm not going to take you coming at me about some shit. I'm definitely coming back at you. But again, I'm not an entertainer, you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not in the field where I'm presenting myself to the world saying, this is my product. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, I'm doing me and it is what it is. And, hey, man, like I said, if you want to criticize me, it's cool. I'm, I'm just, I'm definitely coming back, like, twice as hard. Um, but I'm just saying, uh, as far as an entertainer goes, I really feel that you need a thicker skin. And you have to be able to um, block the noise out you got to be able to present what you're presenting and not stopping to acknowledge every motherfucker that says something negative about you. Like, you can't imagine that, like, you know, you're Michael Jordans and your shit like that. Like, you can use that shit for motivation, but if you really stop to fucking respond to everybody who said, you suck, and like, no, actually, I don't. Fuck yourself. Uh, 
you know, how about we should take this shit outside? Really, you're going to be out there all fucking day. Because if everybody who says that shit gets under your skin that heavy, you 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 ain't coming back inside. You're going to be outside fighting motherfuckers all night. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, like, I see that shit as a weakness. You know what I mean? But my whole thing that I criticized him on was the spot that he did. I forget who he was fighting. But he took a bump off this little, like, roof. But the thing was is the roof had, like, a step up before you had to go off of it. So to get to the ledge, you were standing on, like, you know, like a flat roof has sometimes that has, like, that uh, it drops down a little bit. So it doesn't just, like, go straight off the edge. You know, it gives you a little bit of, like, a curb before you, you know, fall off the goddamn roof. Um, so, but this guy took like a punch or something and then stepped up on that curb to fall off the roof. And I was like, what kind of stupid ass shit is this? Because, you know, when you do like a fall off the roof spot, you know, I mean, Drake Younger did the thing. He took, um, he took the punch off brain damage. One of the coolest finishes of TOD is, uh, cause they made that where you had to retrieve the trophy and get down and, and, and all this other shit. And, um, so him and Damage were up there. Drake grabs the trophy. Damage punches him in the face, and he falls off the side of the truck holding the trophy. Doesn't let go of it and goes through the fucking table. It's crazy. You know what I mean? But if he had to step up on something to go off of it, it would have looked stupid as fuck. And that's, that's what I call after. Like, he had no sense of what the fuck he was doing. Just looked terrible. You know, you can't put effort into your own plunder you know what i mean like it, it, if it doesn't look like it happened because of what your opponent did then to me you're failing that's not you're not you're not conveying a fight anymore you're conveying um cooperation and that's 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 a bad look i don't give a fuck who you are i don't give a fuck what you say oh you're not a wrestler go fuck yourself fuck your mother you know what i mean i don't give a fuck i'll tell you if it looks like shit because i've seen it done good that's why, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether I did it or whether I, I don't want to fucking do it. The, the last fucking thing I want to even be done is is be um, associated with wrestling in any way, shape or form. Like if if I was identified as that wrestling fan, J-Cat, I'd fucking hate it. You know what I mean? That's not me. You know, I'm not I'm not the fan I was once. I'm not um I'm not into the whole culture or any part of it. I don't envy motherfuckers physically this way. Like I like I said before, I'm I'm a pretty bad motherfucker for 44. Uh there's a good amount of wrestlers that are like half my age that I'd work fucking circles around athletically. So again, not a wrestler athletically. Yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. So let's just let's just knock that off before you know we get back into the. Well, I don't know how you could say that if you're not a wrestler. That's that's why because I've seen like you know if you see somebody do a perfect superplex, yeah, I mean, and then the next time you see it, the guy almost falls off the top rope, grabs him last minute, and the guy takes like a a, a, a flip bump over the top of the other guy to try to make it work and look good. Well, there's clearly a difference between those two things. You know what I mean? That's that's people have to get through that that through their fucking head when they can't handle criticism. That I've seen it done by wrestlers that were better, and sometimes it's them. You know, like if you do it one time and it looks great, and then the next time you do it, it doesn't look great. I'm not crazy for saying it didn't look great this time. 
That's just facts. Again, thicker skin. So anyway, uh, this Jericho off was arguing with me or whatever. So this guy surfaces again, and I started seeing him getting a lot of bookings. He was booked in King of the Death match. He was booked at I um, not IWA, uh, ICW, and all this. All of a sudden, he came out, and I don't know what the fuck possessed him to do this, but he decided to out GCW, but doing so, he, he was outing himself also and saying that he produced fake COVID tests, fake negative COVID tests for GCW during the early goings of the pandemic. Like... All of every part of that's illegal. And, you know, many a times, just like drugs or, or shit like that, you're, you're taking bigger charges if you're the supplier of that. You know what I mean? Like, you can't manufacture fake tests and get a lesser charge than the one you sold it to. Even if he has a whole different set of um, repercussions that comes his way because... You know, he was running shows in a certain state, and he used your fake test and ever to do this. I think his shit, your shit's going to land on a higher federal level manufacturing fake results. You know what I mean? I, that's just my view. I'm no lawyer or anything, but, um, you know, he's, he's, like, going on and on about this. But then he's saying, like, oh, Joey Janela sucks and, and, like, all of this other dumb shit. We're, like, you know, first off, like, you're putting this real serious accusation on the table that, that should burn you alive. But also, like, then you're throwing, like, silly-ass shit, like, like, Joey's not good and this and this. And it's like, bro, like, you're not, you don't have it like that. That's crazy for you to be. And then, then he got into paydays and, um, and how, all you know, GCW's bringing in people like Jeff Jarrett. And then he's paying, they're paying their guys. X amount of money, but like he's not even cool enough with these guys to know what they're getting paid. Because as soon as he did that, all the fucking locker room came out of the woodwork and was like, "Nah, dude, I get paid more than that. I don't know what you're talking about. Now nah, I get paid more than that. Like, do you don't? That's not. So he didn't. He he was trying to stand up on behalf of motherfuckers who weren't even down with him like that. He was just trying to make a lot of noise. Um. But like I said from the very very start. Dude's a jerk off. So, I mean, that's just uh, considered a source. Um, but, yeah, so uh, so then yeah, what else did he say about the payday? About, oh, and then a lot of wrestlers were coming out also saying no, uh, there's no fake COVID test. More than anything, the defense was that they had, like, a Facebook group or something, like, you know, messenger group or whatever, and they would have to message all of the – they'd have to message all of their shit, their their COVID tests, their their negative COVID tests to this, this group in order to participate in the show. So when they – you know, Brett – would go down the list in this group, he would go like, okay, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good. You know what I mean? Like, he could just go down and see negative tests, negative tests, negative tests. But I don't think that's an accurate, like, stance. That's not, like, an accurate defense because the tests still could have been false tests that were being then 
You know what I mean? Like, if you were using that as proof, but the proof you were using was fake, that doesn't mean that fake proof wasn't used. So I don't know. I mean, the whole shit doesn't jive to me because, again, his side of things would have been more illegal than Brett's side of things. So you could say Brett's a shithead for running fucking shows during COVID with guys who were positive, but, like, you were helping him do it more than anybody on the fucking planet if what you're saying is true. So, like, it's fucking crazy. Um, Then Ian Rotten takes this fucking, which, oh, boy, is this fun, because we'll talk more about Ian later and his uh, high moral stances on things. Um, So he took this stance where, like, I'm not going to have anybody a king of the death match (laughs) that puts people's lives at risk. So I'm taking him off the show. And Danny D'Amato said, and I'm taking him off my show, and I, that's not, we're not doing that with this guy. And it's like, cool, but like, it's, it's you know, you guys, just, for for starters, didn't want a rat in the locker room. Because he ran back with shit that he, he knew or said he knew and told the fucking world about it. And you, you didn't want that guy that might later on expose you. And I get it. You know, I, I get that to a certain extent. But Ian Rotten trying to pitch that he wouldn't fucking use a guy who puts other people's lives at risk. Like, bro, you're Ian fucking rotten. You've been accused of paying motherfuckers in pills. I mean, let, let's just stop. Cut, cut all of that stupid shit out. Like, it, it, it's, it's, bizarre to to be Ian Rotten and be saying some of the shit that Ian Rotten says. And again, we'll talk about Homeboy later because this shit is this shit is Ian, you know what I mean? Um, GCW, big announcement of return of a tag team. Uh, that was um, uh, the, the Mexican cats. Um, Miedo Mieto Extremo? I, I don't remember motherfuckers' names like this. I have hard enough time remembering motherfuckers' names that, like, start working at my job and shit. So, like, Mexican Deathmatch wrestlers, I'm going to have a hard time with, with all of that. Ciclope, or Ciclope, I think is the other guy. Mieto Extremo? I, I might even have them dead on. I don't fucking know. But anyway, um, they're they're coming back, so there's that. Uh, MJF's promo, um, yeah, man, like, I don't know, I don't know, um, if, if it's a, a shoot, work, whatever, um, obviously there's probably little pieces of both in there, um, but, you know, the thing is, is, like, he's right about a lot of this shit, um, Tony Khan is absolutely one of the biggest fucking marks I've ever seen that have run a company, he can't keep from jumping up and down and, and acting like, like, you know, a kid who just got, brought to WrestleMania by his parents. I mean, that's, that's what, but you know, it's like this dude has that type of money to just like, you know, fantasy book, but with real people, like he just gets to just put on dream cards and shit and just be like, Oh, I, I loved when ring of honor happened. Let me go buy that. And then just, I'll get Samoa Joe back. Cause everyone loves Samoa Joe. So I'll just go get him and shit. And like this, it's like, he's just playing, you know? And it's really blatant that he's doing that. So, obviously, there's a lot of truth to that. But in the same token, he's such a mark for this shit that 
he would be so fucking enamored with, like, he could just be the target of a pipe bomb that goes viral. You know, a pipe bomb promo, and that goes viral, and it becomes as big, the, the AEW version of CM Punk's pipe bomb. And he could be the target. You know what I mean? Like, he, he would be down with that. That's the type of fucking Mark he is, is he just wants to be involved. He just wants to be in the mix and all of that shit. So I wouldn't doubt that that shit is is complete work, but I don't know. I mean, he said a lot of true shit. MJF is very, very talented, and, um, I mean, that's he he's going to be able to fucking work wherever he wants, you know. That, that doesn't say you should burn a bridge with one of the two major fucking promotions in the United States, so I don't, I don't know. Right, we're gonna find out because I don't, I don't know if he gets mad at like who's getting paid what, and then he goes to the WWE. Suddenly gonna be in his glory, you know. I mean, he could work indies, he could tour the fucking, you know, the globe, you know, hitting all sorts of places overseas and you know Japan and Europe and all that shit. But like, that's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, do you want TV exposure? Do you want to be on one of the big U.S. companies? Then obviously you got your pick of two. And I don't think you're going to go to a more wrestler-friendly company if you're going to WWE over AEW. Because Vince ain't a mark. Vince isn't, like, in love with you. And, you know, Tony Khan might be. So, um... People blaming Biden for gas. Yeah, I mean they're just dumb. That's that's what that is, though. You know, it just this this fucking undying support for the orange guy that's been gone a while, and they just can't they just can't get past it. You know, so many times, like you get into conversations with these motherfuckers, and it's like they, they nothing has to do with politics, and they just find a way to weave that in. It's like you you know you you call people sheep. But then you can't even conduct a normal life without making it about that shit that you're on. That shit's way too cultish. That shit's way too, you know, brainwashed, one-track-minded. Like, you just got to, like, keep the main directive in mind. Like, get, you, you, something fucking wrong. Y'all can't live fucking life. You know? Like, if, if you were doing anything, it's going to come back to, well, you know, it'd be a lot better if it wasn't for Biden. And it's like, bro, I don't... I don't know how you live that life. It's not for me. Um, uh, I didn't hear anything about this, but he, he wrote a uh, beater getting into a little scuffle at Hall of Fame with uh, John Wayne Murdoch. Um, let me just go back to uh, the Hall of Fame thing. Um, so I watched the, the, the GCW or Deathmatch Hall of Fame, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm trying to remember the lineup. So you had Pondo putting in J.C. Bailey. Um, you know, that was good. Um, you know, he had plenty of time with JC and, and, um, you know, was very close to him. So, I mean, it was a, it was a great person to be inducting JC and, um, I think he did a good job. You know, he, he leaned pretty heavy on the Ian shit, on the bashing Ian shit. And to me, I don't think that that's the fucking time and place for that, to be honest with you. I think it's weird to start, like, I'm not going to say IWA Mid-South, and I'm not going to say Ian Rotten, because I hate him so much that I have to make this part of this fucking, the this Hall of Fame speech of a deceased, you know, 
friend and wrestler, you know, fellow wrestler of his. Um, to me, that's it's not the time and place for that shit. You know, JC most likely would still be working for Ian. You know, I mean, maybe not. Uh, he clearly he wouldn't be working for Ian like soon because all the shows are canceled. But, um, you know, I mean, I I just I I don't know that taking that hard stance against oh I gotta fucking fuck this guy piece of shit. Uh, okay, but what is that really? You know, why does it, why does that have a place on this? And I mean, look, if we're really gonna go down the path of like, oh well, you know, he he gave JC pills or whatever shit like that, you you can't blame somebody's addiction on that. You could say that he didn't help, but who did? You know, do do you think like a, a I you know a juggalo show was a help to him for an addict to be in that environment? Do you think? You know, being at the fucking uh, ECW arena with all those guys out back, many of which are dead now. Do you think that was a good environment for him? You know, again, you know, you could blame one guy because, like, you don't like the guy now and shit. But up until the day you stopped working for him, he was still still another wrestling promoter. He was still another, you know. And this isn't me trying to defend Ian Rotten in, in way, any way, shape, or form because he, this isn't going to be an Ian-friendly show. But um, I I don't know that I'm I'm on board with uh you know I I, I can tell you for sure I'm not on board with blaming Ian Rotten for JC's death. Um, and if that's what he's doing there, I don't know. That's the only way that I could say well maybe in your mind it belonged in the speech, is is to you know make sure you threw shade at Ian Rotten. But I think it should just be all about JC Bailey and and the positives of it. So I thought it was, you know, he told good stories and, and all that stuff. That side, that that just little extra additive to it took a little bit away from me. It just it, it, it took the attention in a different direction that it didn't need to go. It needed to stay about J.C. and only J.C. And you could have breezed right through IWM Mid-South. Ian Rotten said nothing good or bad about the company and moved forward. And everybody kind of knows how you feel anyway. But, again, it was your time, your speech, your boy. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so then I think, um, was Toby up next? So Toby Klein, I think, was up next. And Toby Klein should have been the main event on this. And for multiple reasons. I'll tell you, Toby Klein way, way outlived, and, and I mean that in a figurative manner, and um, not not in a you know living on on the planet sense, but way um, his career was way bigger, way more lengthy, um, way more matches packed in than I think anybody in that fucking Hall of Fame. And so I think as a storied career that way, and a guy who did wrestle all styles, and a guy who continued to, you know, he did death matches, he did tag team death matches. He, he you know, he he became a guy who was well known for being just Mister Insanity, but he also became a guy who was well known for being one half of the Tough Crazy Bastards. Became a guy who was known for. A, a huge part of cult fiction, a, a founding member of cult fiction. I mean, he did a lot of things. And when you wrap his story completely, he did the biggest thing 
when you look at this group of people and you look at, at the deathmatch scene as a whole that I think you should want to put on a pedestal. And that's the thing that he got sober. He survived addiction. He, he went down the same bad path that so many other guys, including JC, went down and didn't make it. And he made it. Not only did he make it, he turned himself into a drug and alcohol counselor and still does amazing work out there helping people. And he reaches out to people in the wrestling business all the time when he sees that they're, they're going through something. He'll talk to somebody who knows him and say, hey, you know, if he ever needs the help, here's my number. You know, like this, Toby, Toby really does. And, you know, I talked to Toby my last night drinking. And, um, you know, going on July will be nine years sober off alcohol. And when I hit my, my final rock bottom, I guess you'd call it, where I just decided – this has to end and uh, I want out and I, you know, my mind was made up, you know, and I, I quit smoking cigarettes real like blunt, bam, done shit like that. But, um, you know, my mind was made up, but the, definitely the person that I talked to my last night drinking, you know, about fixing things and about getting my life back. Right. Was, was Toby Klein and his, his wife, Nicole. And, um, you know, he, he's always been a friend to me. He's visited a few times, you know, since, uh, you know, at the boardwalk here and there. Um, you know, just just great people, you know. Um, so, I mean, I just get random texts from him all the time. If there's any kind of fucking weather coming my way, this guy's half a fucking weatherman. And he'll know about storms that are coming at me before I do. And he'll be like, you all right over there, brother? And I'm like, yeah, why? What the fuck? Sky's blue. And he's like, oh, I got some something coming in that way. <laughs> I'll look at the weather. And he's like, heavy rain, definitely, starting at 9 p.m. I'm like, Toby, Jesus Christ. He's got his eye on that shit. Um, but, yeah, fantastic fucking guy. And when it comes down to it, that's the example you want to set in wrestling. That's the example you want to set at the top of your fucking you headline with that story. You start off with the tragic story of J.C. Bailey getting the recognition he deserves after his death, and then you finish with the guy who triumphed, the guy who was triumphant in his recovery. And, you know, that that would be my go. Now, I know, you know, Dewey via uh, Nick Gage has a bigger East Coast, New Jersey name than a Toby Klein. I know that the wife beater has a more... Uh, you know, crazed, uh, hyped fan base around this jersey, you know, because this is the old CCW crowd transitioned into GCW fans plus a bunch of new ones and, you know, all this other stuff. But GCW filled that void that CCW dropped the ball on. I mean, that's there's that's been a consistent thread that we've talked about. Um, so I know Wife Beater has such an insane legend in his name, and, you know, I, I watch so much of that live and, you know, huge fan. But when you compare the careers, it doesn't even come remotely close to what Toby Klein has is, is, uh, accomplished. So, again, I think that the lineup was ridiculous, um, the way that it was it was set up. But I understand why. Um, I will say, you know, again, putting a manager in front of a guy like Toby Klein is fucking ridiculous. And closing out with the wife beater who could barely string fucking sentences together. 
He didn't have a story. He didn't have fucking people to thank. He couldn't fucking just copy and paste the shit the Dewey said. Because half of that shit would have applied just fine to him. He was fucking just gone. Like There was no, there was no uh, brain activity left there, I don't think. His face is like beet red. I don't know if this guy works in the sun or if he just drinks like a fish or what. He just looked like, you know, one of those old fucking Irish guys that just stay at the bar until their fucking liver fails. You know, he just had like a fucking really red fucking face. He just looked crazy to me. Um, you know, and, and, and Dewey is a manager, and that's that's great. I mean, again, in, in the scene... It makes all the sense in the world. Obviously, wife beater makes all the sense in the world to, um, you know, to, to be there and, and to be part of that Hall of Fame. Um, but, yeah, like, Payne, like, that was his tag team partner, you know. I mean, you know, Zandig was such a big part of everything. Like, I mean, there was just so much that, like, I could give his fucking his acceptance speech and do a better job than he did. And again, I, I that probably has a lot to do with the fact that I didn't take any of the fucking head trauma that he did. <laughs> but in the same token, um, you know, definitely not the guy you want to headline with. You know, because not only has Toby accomplished that much more that what he was going to bring to the table and to that mic when you handed it to him was fucking zero. So when he showed up and you guys went over, so what do you guys got lined up for your speech? And he went, I don't know. Then you should have went, all right, man, you're going up second. You know what I mean? Or I'll, we'll squeeze you in right after Dewey. Or maybe we'll do like a joint thing where Dewey could speak for both of you, you know, like I, I, something. But it's, you know, it's crazy. And out there with Dewey was a Nick Gage who looks terrible. Absolutely fucking terrible. Nick Gage, again, looks like he's fucking dying. Um, I guess they lightened his work schedule or whatever, um, but in the same token, if his whole plan, and I said this before, if his whole plan is to just work less and stay around Brett Lauderdale and get no professional help, then he's dead. He's as good as fucking dead. Because now he's fat, and he's clearly not clean. Because you see him in pictures looking like fucking Weekend at Bernie's lost his fucking glasses. And, and like, he's just fucking hanging there. I, you know, my puppets on their fucking stands on my shelf look like they have more life than Nick Gage has in, in photo ops. You know, these motherfuckers look like they're ready to go. That motherfucker looks like he's ready to die. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing looks good about what he's doing. So it's it's a shame, man. I I'm always gonna root for the guy to make a, make a comeback, but I just mentally, I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's he's got it in him. He looks insanely tired of life. Um, and it's a shame. You know, he was he was one of my absolute favorite wrestlers, and I'm looking at a guy that that might as well be dead at this point. You know, if he's not gonna if he's not gonna get better, the life he's living is fucking torture. And that that's you know again the harsh reality no one wants to hear, but um you know that that cycle of addiction is is fucking brutal. It's like it's like strapping yourself to a tire on, on a bus or something, or or a fucking you know big wheel truck and shit. Yeah, you're. 
you're good for three quarters at a time, but you're going to keep getting hit with that fucking going up under the wheel, starting to feel better under the wheel again, starting to feel better under the wheel again. You know what I mean? A little disoriented, spinning around under the wheel again. You know, like, it's just, it's a never-ending fucking consistent torture and and trauma over and over and over. And, you know, the people around you wanting better but not knowing how to fix it and them being drugged through it. And you have your own mental struggles of hurting them over and over and then drifting back into the world where it doesn't matter because it's it's all about that substance. It's it's a fucking terrible life to live. It really is. And, you know, I, I hope that he's able to get out of it one day. But to me, I, I think you're delusional in thinking that he will at this point. Because he's proven time and time again. This guy spent fucking, you know, what, five years in prison clean. He came out looking like a million bucks. He, he was, you know, prison big and shit. And he came out fucking shot out of a cannon, hung around the same fucking shitheads, and by the time the Nick Age Invitational rolled around, he was back in for violating. And all people could say was fuck the police, like it's their fucking fault. You're clowns. I mean, you. this is why I don't respect the fucking wrestling business at all, because you're a bunch of fucking clowns. You support garbage and fucking garbage people. Frankie Picard has as many fucking children as Nick Cannon. Anyone want to draw a couple lines of differences between their fucking bank accounts and ability to take care of the motherfucking kids? Or he's going to keep pretending like Frankie's a good guy. Fuck a Frankie. You know what I mean? I know that shit came out of nowhere, but it just happens with me and Frankie. Like, something about that, go- that dude, his existence bothers me. Like, a lot. Because, you know, I love my kids so much. I can't imagine, you know, um, just completely bailing on them the way that this dude does. You know what I mean? You can't support eight fucking kids with, with fucking indie wrestling and celebrity boxing. You better get fucking th- two real jobs, motherfucker. Fuck, you ain't got time for hobbies with eight fucking kids. You fucking kidding me? Your hobbies? Oh, you get to go to Comic-Con? You're going to dress up as Spider-Man with a fucking, with a gut bigger than fucking three of your kids combined? Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, that's that dude. This is what I'm saying. Like y'all, y'all just fucking keep supporting these dickheads, and and allowing fucking these these people to keep filling their own little personal dreams. Yo, know, like the Shindies as a whole is 90% wrestlers who should not be in fucking wrestling. Out of shape motherfuckers, people that just their look is overall garbage. Their work is garbage. Their work ethic is garbage. Their body looks like shit. They don't have any kind of look. They have somebody else ripped off gimmick that they saw on TV, and they're just going to try to get it over with these fucking hundred people in a fucking high school gym somewhere. the fuck out of here. People have said it before, but, yeah, get back on the other side of the guardrail because, like, y'all are just fans, and somebody's giving you a venue to be a fucking wrestler, but when it comes down to, like, could you go in there and wrestle against, like, uh, AJ Styles or, you know... And, yeah, they, they could probably carry you to something. But do you think it would be a good match? you think it would wind up on their best of if you wound up in the ring with a with a dynamite fucking wrestler, with a top-level wrestler? If you looked at these top wrestlers and you said, if I, if it was me and them, oh, yeah, no, that would make your day. But, I mean, would it fucking pop the crowd to the point where they would talk about that match? Or 
could you think of like a hundred other people that they'd rather see that guy wrestle or girl wrestle? Find something in your fucking repertoire that's impressive. If you can't find shit that's in your fucking repertoire that's impressive, moves, promos, fucking presence, look, fucking something. If no part of what you break every single part of your shit down, if none of that shit is impressive, you shouldn't be fucking wrestling because I don't want to fucking see it. I don't want to fucking see it at all. And if people do want to see it, they're settling. Because they'd rather be seeing some other shit. They'd rather see someone far better than you. So that's why Shindy's to me, it should die. I would love for Shindy's to die. I would love there to be less wrestling companies. I know people get all hurt about that. But what about the money? Well, it's not a permanent job for everybody. It's not, it's not a fucking steady job for everybody. For most people, it's a fucking hobby that you should be doing on the weekends in between your regular fucking job. And that's reality. That's reality. There's, there's, there's some really, really good guys. And I mean, talent-wise, I'm not even saying that they're good people. There's some really, really talented wrestlers that belong on TV and should be making big money and this and that. But everybody else who will never reach that caliber... And I'm not saying everybody who's not on TV will never reach that caliber, but you know who the fuck I'm talking about that can never be on television, that can never be in some form of of high-level product. They, they, don't, they don't fucking belong, as far as I'm concerned. Um... I don't know if I covered my pepper purchases uh, this year. Um, I'm not sure. He um, he asked me about my pepper plants. So I got um, I got less this year, but I'm not sure. I don't I don't remember my number. It's something like 19 or something. Usually I'm up around fucking 29 or something. Um, let me see. I thought I had. Okay, yeah, I got it here. So I got a seven pot Slimer, seven pot Mad Balls, uh, Apocalypse, Bleeding Borg, Brain Strain Yellow, uh, CP115. Uh, those are really cool looking plants because they got those like purplish leaves, like the um, uh, like the purple Nagas. They didn't have the purple Nagas this year, so I got these because I really like the purple leaves. So it's like an insanely hot pepper, but it's a um, really really nice looking plant overall. Uh, Death Spiral, Dragon's Breath, Flaming Flare, Hurtberry, Brain Strain Chocolate, Wartix, and a Green Ghost. You know, those are all, <laughs> that's all the hot shit I got. The, the, the names of these peppers just get worse and worse, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, every year it's just like, kill your fucking family, Pepper. <laughs> and it's like, alright, I'll take one of those, you know? I mean, my family doesn't eat the pepper, so, like, for the most part. Um, so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's fucking, it, it's crazy. You just read down the list, and, like, the type of shit they're up to is, uh, it's a lot. But, um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing there, uh, keeping it a little lighter. Um, I'm doing so much with the rest of my yard. My stomach is really not handling all this extra super ridiculous hot shit. Um the way that it had years ago. I had somewhat of like a stomach episode uh, a couple of years back and it um it definitely limited the amount of like 
uh, challenges and shit like that. <laughs> you know, I did like that death nut challenge years ago. And, um, and, uh, yeah, by the way, I beat that sort of, I didn't do any of the like withholding from water or anything. I was drinking fucking water, but I ate all the motherfucking, the whole fucking thing. And, uh, Toby, Toby Klein, former, uh, former topic and, uh, current deathmatch hall of famer tapped out on that shit in my living room. So look, that's the only victory I'm going to take over Toby because Toby, We'll eat fucking Carolina Reapers, the whole fucking pepper, and just chew it up and shit, and, and no-sell it. I can't do that. So I don't even know how I accomplished the, the, the nut thing that he didn't, but, yo, um, I'm going to take it. So, um, but, yeah, my, my tolerance has been a little, a lot lower, I should say. Um, but, anyway, I'm growing them anyway. Um John Wayne Murdoch weighing 280, but his arms still look smaller than mine. Yeah, he's got a weird fucking build. He's got this weird skinny-armed, uh, you know, fucking pregnant with twins fucking body. And it's, it's, it's fucking strange. I don't like it. Um, Jeff Hardy arrests. Uh, Vince tries to get him help. He refused. Went to AEW after falling down his head multiple times. Now gets another DUI. Yeah, you know, he's another mess. He's another one of these guys that just can't get out of his own way. Uh, he can't stay committed to the help long enough. He goes back to those comfort zones of whatever his addiction is. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. You know, Jeff Hardy's always been a, a very entertaining guy to me. Um, you know, it, I've always been a big fan of, like, people taking those crazy-ass height bumps and shit. Like, that was, that's always a big pop for me, you know. Like, he's on top of the fucking WrestleMania sign and shit. And, you know, or, this fucking ladder is taller than every ladder we've ever seen. Here he goes off the fucking top of it and shit. And, you know, like, that shit jumps out to me, you know. And, and he was always very good at that. So, I've always been a fan. And, uh, you know, I guess, same deal, wish him the best, but how many fucking years can best still be on the table, you know? After a while, that's, that's not an option anymore. So, good hope he's got all the money at his disposal to, um, to do better. But, yeah. Um, Ian fucking rotten, though. Um, <laughs> so Ian... Um, fuck people over again. I know this is going to shock people. I mean, I, I just saying that alone, that, that's that got to be a shocking thing. Um, just trying to find the initial posts and whatnot. So Jake Chris posts the whole fucking thing um, on the... Um, let me see. Did I find the fucking... Found the promo he cut. He cut. It's really weird too because um, so Jake Chris he cut like a wrestling promo, like he was under a bridge and he's like talking with his hands and like in a voice, you know, like a wrestling promo. And then he burned the belt. He had two belts there, I guess, and uh, he burned both of them and um, said he he wants his money and it's been X amount of time and it's enough is enough but like the whole fucking thing came off like a wrestling promo but then like the post that he made came off legit and then other people were piling on he stole some guy's ring he uh you know he fucked this one over and that one over so you know all of that and then like you know Jake's 
you know, siding with them and all that. So, like, that doesn't make any sense to be, like, a, a gimmick because, you know, for him to be doing that, um, and this is just my, like, initial, obviously, at this point, things have uh, escalated quite a bit, and um, it's clearly not a um, a work, but at first, my thought process was, was what I'm going through here, and it's like, well, he wouldn't, like, co-sign other people that are legitimately screwed by him if he's just cutting some promo to be like you know the anti-boss so that shit started to snowball real fast because then when Jake Crist said I'm no longer working there you owe me money John Wayne Murdoch then said I'm done with fucking Ian and this bullshit I'm not working there I'm pulling off a king of the death then Danny DeMano said, I stand with both of these guys, and I won't, I'm not going there either. So then he pulled off King of the Death. So then, um, shit started going down where he lost the one, uh, or he canceled the one show. It was, um, I think this Saturday coming up or something. I don't even know when King of the Death was supposed to be this month, next month, uh, it's something like that. It was, it was definitely this month or next month, I think. Um, which comes into play a little bit with this, but, um, you know, King of the Death, he was taking fucking third row. He was taking $135 a ticket. So now obviously, you know, two day tournament. So you got both days. So you're talking $65. Like like sixty five dollars a, a fucking go. I think that's about right, right? Right about. Um, sixty five dollars a ticket for third row. Holy shit, bro! Like, and he sold the first three rows out, and the first row I think was like one eighty or some stupid shit like this. And, and yeah, just just wild. And I I don't know, man. Like he he's been. You know, more and more on the, the gouging of the, the price of the fucking tickets and, uh, you know, and now everything's fucking canceled. Um, so then he's like, oh, so I just found out today I was being lied to the whole time and my girlfriend, and we broke up again, by the way, uh, my girlfriend, she told me that the whole roster was paid for and turns out they weren't. So now nobody's paid, and we don't have any money, like any money. So, like, not only is the roster not paid, but all of that advance money that he took from fucking all the fans and everything, he just don't got it. Like, they just went out and spent all the fucking money and, and didn't didn't pay the talent, clearly. Didn't fucking do anything, and then somehow don't have the fucking fans' money. So I don't know what the fuck went on there. It might Maybe a drug habit or something. I don't know the motherfuckers like that, but, you know, a lot of the shit they're doing right now looks real druggy. Um, but, uh, so then he's like, yeah, like, she, she dropped it. And then she put the whole shit on, on there, too, saying, blame me, don't blame him. I, I thought I could fix things, and, and I couldn't. And blah, blah, blah. first off, let's let's get back to the part where Ian Rotten believed that more than 24 guys were paid for a two-day fucking tournament, prepaid for a two-day tournament, and he believed it. This is like if you and your wife were splitting the fucking mortgage. Every month you guys, you know, pull together, you know, whatever. Maybe you have a joint account. Maybe, you know, you, you, 
you transfer money, you know, once a month, whatever the fuck. You you know, you go half on the mortgage and then one fucking day your wife just comes to you now. No jobs have changed, no no finances have hit some kind of, no one hit any windfalls or anything. She just comes to you one day and goes, Hey, I paid the mortgage for the rest of the year and it's like March. I paid the mortgage for the rest of the year. And you're like, all right, sounds great. Good news. You're not going to question that. You're not going to go back and check on that. You're not going to touch base with anybody. You're just going to go, sounds good. Like, you know goddamn well there's no finances for the statement you just okayed that you just you just said, oh, okay. You know goddamn well that doesn't happen. Ian Ron has a rich history and a poor history of needing the house to do well in order to pay guys. Fucking people don't show up to his shows. He goes, we took a beating, guys. Dude, can I pay you next time? Can I get you later, kid? Uh, you know, all of this bullshit. And he has a long history of that. So suddenly I'm supposed to believe that his girlfriend said, yo, everything's paid for, son. And he's like, oh, shit. Bro, who the fuck is believing that? Who's Who the fuck is believing that? That's that's your whole self, and then you got motherfuckers on screenshots taking screenshots that that Missy is sending her pictures of yo I'm at the bank right now, and then they looked it up on Google Images and it's the same fucking image on a Google image of standing in line at the bank. This is some crackhead shit because you're only delaying the inevitable because your whole fucking thing there is like of course I'm gonna pay you you saw I was at the bank. Oh, their system was down when I got to the front, or, you know, oh, it was crazy, we had a power outage out here, and oh, they told me to come back on Tuesday, and so now you bought yourself a fucking week or something. And then Ian, he's responding to motherfuckers who were like, yo, 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 Ian, yo, Ian, yo, Ian, hey, Ian, like, for, like, fucking two weeks, and you can see all the unanswered messages, and then the 35th fucking yo, Ian, he's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, where's my fucking money? And and he's like, oh, I totally thought you were paid already. So really, that's the reason you didn't answer the fucking 12 yo Ian's over the past two weeks is because you thought he was paid up. You, you, weren't, you weren't not answering any of his shit. You know, and then again, like, I'm not trying to hear that I wasn't online for two weeks. It's in everybody's fucking phone. And I know he's legally blind, blah, 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 blah. No one could read him his fucking phone. His fat, stupid fucking son couldn't read his fucking phone. You know what I mean? No, Nobody in his fucking life could be like, yo, this guy's been hitting you up for three weeks. You just have no awareness of any of that shit. Really? Okay. So then, like, let, let, give me, like, a full fucking rundown on everything here. Like, so you're, you're being deemed legally blind, so this helps your case. So, and I don't doubt that, that that's the case, but what are we judging Callan on these days? What are, we, what are we booking shows on? Is Misty fucking booking the shows? Is she the one scouting fucking talent for you? Is that is that what we're doing now? Is it no longer Ian Rotten's vision? Is it now, like, what Misty thinks would work cool? I mean, what what do we, you can't have both things where you can't see anything, but also, I'm a great judge of talent. Like, what the fuck do you know? You can't see shit. 
Were you judged by the timing of the bumps that that was a really well-structured sequence? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so disabled. I'm so disabled. I can't live a normal life. Hey, let me fucking tell you. Don't tell me how to run my company. I've been doing this for 30 years. Oh, fuck yourself. You know? And, and it's like, yeah, like, if you got beat by Ian Rotten recently, it's because you're a fucking fool. You're a stupid motherfucker, and you should have no money in your fucking pocket, ever. You should just be giving your fucking money away every time you get it. Because that's what the fuck you just did with Ian. For what? Fucking King of the Death match in 2022. That shit is still wowing you to that level. Do you fucking sent over 180 fucking dollars for your front row ticket? That shit's still blowing your fucking mind. You need a fucking, you need better hobbies. Because if, if the pinnacle of your fucking hobby involves relying on Ian Rotten, you ain't worth shit to me. Because you're fucking stupid. And then they got these other companies who are like, yo, if you were beat by, I think, uh, Dysfunction's company. He's like, if you were beat by Ian Rotten, I'll let you in for free and we're going to have barbecues and shit. And it's just like, well, why? why? Like, what? I would want less of those people at my show because I know they're stupid. I want less stupid people around me. I mean, I guess in, in one fashion, you know that if you get those people in your building, they'll buy any fucking thing you sell them because they're still sending chunks of money to Ian Rotten in 2022. So you could probably fucking let them in for free and then, you know, pad your bank account with what they're going to do with your merch table. And uh, they're going to buy into everything you do in the ring. So there's that, too. Because, again, they're fucking stupid. But, you know, and, and then, like, you know, you get your random people to pop up. Ian Rotten may have had some problems, but he's trying to recover, and he's still a person, and you go fuck yourself. This guy has the biggest fucking track record for screwing people, historically, and keeps running fucking shows, going away, coming back, going away, coming back, uh, you know, oh, I'm so poor, I'm going to have to close the doors. Oh, no, don't go, Ian. Okay. Three months later, you wanted it, you got it. I'm coming back, and I'm going to da-da-da-da-da. And then people get all in. They get comfortable. Okay, we're running the biggest fucking show ever. And then he disappears. Oh, where's my money? Oh, dude, I, I got I to gotta sell everything I have to make the money back. The, you know, here's that fucking funny shit. This is like everybody takes money in advance, but like then they go spend it. Well, if I told you, hey, man, I'm just going to come to your show, but I'll pay you. Oh, actually, he was doing that, too, because he's a fucking idiot. But yeah, I'm going to come to your show, but I, I don't have the money tonight. So I'm going to pay you, like, maybe next show or maybe the show after. But next show, when I show up, I'm not going to have the money for that one either. So I'm just going to keep a tab rolling, and then I'm just going to owe you. So, like, maybe by the biggest show of the year, I think, like, um, I might be getting, like, a raise maybe like October. So if I get a raise in October, man, I'll pay you back everything that I owe you, but I'm just going to keep attending your shows and that shit sounds crazy, right? Like, well, why do, why do people get to keep paying these shithead wrestlers money for merch that they never send them for shows that never run? And then we're supposed to wait and, and not 
don't get it fucked up. I'm saying we're, but, like, I didn't give these motherfuckers money. Like, I ain't stupid like these motherfuckers. But, yo, like, you're now you're going to wait on your money. You didn't have to wait on the motherfucking, you didn't have to wait on the money, Ian. You needed that shit right up front. And knowing you're not reliable, what the fuck did you do with the money? Because you didn't fucking pay the wrestlers. There's no show, so you can't even talk about, oh, well, the venue cost and the, the, the renting the chairs and the this and the that or whatever the fuck you got to do because there ain't even a show. But the money's all gone. Now you got to sell all your things. I I figure you would have sold all your shit already because all of that shit sounds like drug behavior. So if you're drugged the fuck out, you probably already sold all your shit. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I I don't know. I, he's he's a habitual shithead. That that guy is a problem to wrestling. Always has been. Um, yeah, he has an eye for talent, but just because you know great wrestlers have passed through there. The thing is, is Ian will get guys on the early going. He'll have the eye for talent. And people keep doing him favors over the years because he gave them that platform early on. But over time, you'll learn that even with a discount, Ian can't pay the fucking bill. So even if he's getting brother prices from some guys and he's got some young fucking students that are just going to work for free and wind up being superstars later, even with that discount, he can't pay the bill. So... That's just more Ian, more bullshit. And who learned from him? Who's his fucking, who, who's the promoter that learned the most from him is Matt fucking Tremont. Uncle Ian. All of you could go fuck yourselves. I, I just, I have no respect for these motherfuckers who, who run shit like this, who, who treat people in this manner, you know? And, and, and then you're just all supposed to be like, they put themselves on this higher level, like, I'm the promoter, I'm the wrestler, you listen to what I say first off, motherfucker. You, I mean, you're either talking to children or mentally handicapped people, and that's that's the only way around it. Because how could you talk to a grown fucking man in a way like, you just deal with whatever I give you? <laughs> just like, that's not, that's not grown man shit to be taking those type of fucking words. What kind of shit is that? Don't make any kind of motherfucking sense. But... That's why I think wrestling is for fucking retards. You know, um, and that's not ever going to fucking change as far as I'm concerned. Um, the Warriors, I think, are about to win the motherfucking uh, the, the championship. Um, Steph is just a fucking beast out there, and he didn't even have a good game last game. He was 0 for 9. I mean, the rest of his game was good, but 0 for 9 behind the three-point, that's fucking rare. So now... You know, going into that fucking game six, they could close that shit out. They could absolutely close that shit out. Um, I, I don't like any of that Boston area teams. I the, the the green shit bothers me. I don't like green. You know, I, I just I don't give a fuck about them. Um, so I'm definitely rooting for the Warriors. Take that title back home to San Francisco. Show the football team that's what we need to do. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. Um, I had to get rid of this fucking nerd off my fucking page earlier, uh, Ronnie something or other. Um, 
understand, like, there's a good amount of people on my page that I didn't even fucking add, and I tolerate them there just because they're there. But, um, you know, and they wanted to be my friend or whatever you want to call that Facebook thing. But the thing is, is, like, I don't, first off, I don't even communicate with this guy. Maybe he's liked a couple pictures or some shit like this. We've never had, like, a dialogue, a back and forth or whatever. But I guess he runs some kind of podcast that starts with nerd, nerd something or other. Like, all you got to do is say, my podcast is called Nerds. And just stop right there because we ain't got shit in common. I don't, I'm not a nerd. I'm, there's nothing about me that, that says nerd to me. Like, I'm not a, like, I don't. I don't identify with that shit at all. You know what I mean? We're different animals. So anyway, this this clown comes on my fucking page when I said, hey, I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow. Which, by the way, I posted yesterday. Today he comments, we'll listen to my show tonight at 8 o'clock. And then post the link and he goes, cheap plug. What the fuck is wrong with you? First off, I posted it last night, so now you're posting competing against my show because I just told you I'm doing this shit tomorrow night, which is now tonight, and then you're telling people on my fucking page, on my fucking post, I should listen to your bullshit fucking show that starts with the word fucking nerd. You're going to want to, you know, if, if you identify openly as a fucking nerd, I don't want any part of you in my life. Like, if... If you run, a, let me let me let me make this even more fucking clear. If you do a podcast, especially a wrestling podcast, there's about a ninety-five percent chance I hate your fucking podcast. There, there's a huge chance if I listen to your podcast, I'm gonna rip it the fuck apart. A couple years ago, I was pulling a couple just random podcasts. I would just go find wrestling podcasts and then just bury them on my show. Because it's all just a bunch of people who sound like they should be broadcasting from the inside of a locker. You know what I mean? Like, these motherfuckers aren't built like me. They're not, they're not like, just straight-up honest, come-from-the-fucking-heart motherfuckers. Like, they're, they're people that would love to impress wrestlers. They're people who would, who would just do anything to be in the good graces of a wrestler. Or, you know, or they try to, to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. And it's just... Like I've always said, I'm a jerk off from Jersey, and I'm going to tell you every fucking thing I think about everything. And that's, that's what you're going to get genuine shit out of this show. I, I'm, I'm not here to kiss anybody's ass. I, I've buried people on one show, and then when they did better, I fucking gave them credit for doing better. So it, this, isn't, this isn't some, like, biased across-the-board kind of shit. I don't waver in my morals. If I think you're a scumbag of a person, that's pretty much who you're going to stay as far as I'm concerned. Um but shitty wrestlers have gotten better, and I've called them, you know, exactly that. Uh, Jordan Oliver, to me, was terrible. I, I thought he was fucking unwatchable. And now I think he's very good. So that's that's just an example. Um, Jimmy Lloyd, I still think, is fucking terrible. Um, every Everything about that kid is fucking terrible. But... When he had he had a, a good little stretch, he, he had a good um, run at Tournament of Death. When he won that Tournament of Death, I felt like they didn't have a lot of talent there. They didn't have a lot going on. It was a very, very low point for Deathmatch Wrestling, especially CZW. And I thought he stepped up and he did a great job. And I even sent him a message and hit him up and said, yeah, great job, dude. I, I thought you did it. You, you had a great fucking tournament. Credit is due. The thing that people don't realize when they think I shit on everything is not often is credit due. 
that's that's the difference with me is I just don't I just don't feel like motherfuckers are worthy of of praise most of the time. You know, and, and I know that's that doesn't feel as good, but I don't give a fuck. I'm not here for to make you feel good. That's not why I, you think I do a podcast so motherfuckers could feel good about what they tried to do. Like if you didn't succeed in it, I mean, what the fuck do you want me to do? This isn't participation trophy kick radio. You know what I mean? That this fuck fuck all that bullshit. I ain't about it. But back to this fucking nerd. So he plugs this shit on my page and like, you know, you don't want me to go back to the, to, to find a nerd's fucking random ass podcast and listen to it and picking it apart and and destroying you because because I'll do that. Like that A Jerkoff kid, he he quit his fucking podcast when I was done with him. I think he's back to doing it now, but that motherfucker took a long-ass hiatus. That motherfucker straight up, he, he, he made announcements that the podcast is over and I'm all done and shit, and I don't know if I'll ever do it again and shit. I, I, you know, I'm different than these motherfuckers, man. Don't think that we do wrestling podcasts so we'll all share together, bro. I ain't your friend. You know, there's a lot of these motherfuckers on Facebook and shit. I don't fucking know you for shit. And if you don't interact me with me at all, like, don't. Don't fucking plug your shit on my shit. If we're friends and, you know, hey, man, you know, I support the shit out of everything Shaheen does, man. He he could, yo, and, and even he would hit me up and be like, yo, can you help me promote this or can you share this for me or whatever? Because that's like what normal human beings do. They don't just show up in the comments on your shit and drop a link. Yeah, you know I mean? It's fucking asshole. And it's just like, I... I just if you do a wrestling podcast if 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 you do you know something in that that realm don't let me hear about it don't let me see it don't let me don't let me hear that you mentioned me on your fucking podcast don't put your shit on my wall cuz if you get on my radar I'm going to focus a little bit more on it and it's not going to sound good to you at all it's just it's just not going to go well and and I will put myself up verbally up against just about fucking anybody I, I, I don't believe that if we're getting into a battle of fucking words, that a lot of motherfuckers are, are, are going to hang with me, especially motherfuckers in the podcast world, because half of those motherfuckers can't talk, form an opinion, say anything worth shit, be entertaining. I, I feel like that's the whole fucking thing. Imagine, you know, when I was a fucking kid and you had people on radio shows and this and this, and like, who? how, how would you get your own radio show? You know what I mean? Like, whoa, that's crazy. And, and a show where you just talk, you don't even play music, you just talk. You had to have some kind of fucking talent, no? And now that everybody has a podcast, you could just suck for three fucking hours every fucking night of the week if you want. You're like, oh, I'm doing Nerdcast again. No one gives a fuck about your Nerdcast. You know what I mean? Post that shit on your mother's ass where more people will see it. Don't, shit, don't put that shit on my wall. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got. Um, check out my man Sozio. He's over there inter- interviewing shitheads. Um, it's my guy, though. Um, even if he interviews uh, dickheads for 14 episodes. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next season. You know what I mean? I, it's like... It's more or less like, uh, you know, if your team sucks, you come out of the fucking, 
you come out of the gates, you think, you know, you did well in the draft, and then, like, the guy blows his fucking ACL out game two. There's guys, like, fucking catching DUIs and shit. Fucking your team hasn't won a game yet, and you're just like, ah, there's always next season. That's how I felt when I saw David Starr's on for three episodes. I was like, well, there's always next season. <laughs> but no, nah, man, he knows I love I I love Sozio. He's a great dude. Um, but um, I'm trying to think of what else I got here. I don't think there's much else. Um, I'm probably missing something because I just uh, – I, I go so long without doing the show, so when I finally get back to doing it, I'm like, I don't – Fucking! I started watching um, the the GCW Cages Survival, and I had a little bit of things to say about it, but I only got through like two matches, so I'd rather just save the whole shit for whenever I finish it, rather than um you know just tell you how I felt about the first two matches, you know. Um, but I will tell you that um, Cole Roderick, although talented, looks like a deathmatch Mr. Bean. I'm just just gonna put it out there. Um, that just before someone else, you know, grabs that shit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was said before. I don't know. But uh, that, that was the first vibe I got was he, he looked like a deathmatch Mr. Bean. Um, but uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, and I watched – I'm starting to watch a lot more UFC. Um, I watched the, the UFC 275, and I'm not going to remember the fucking names of the people in the main event, but uh, or any of the people for that matter because, again, I'm, I'm new to this shit. It was it was definitely um, one of the things that came from me getting the projector. Because when I blast that fucking, whatever, 120-inch screen on the side of my house, I love watching fucking live events. So if I could watch, like, fucking, uh, you know, the NBA playoffs. I hadn't watched the NBA in a couple of years, really. And then I got the projector, and I've been watching the fucking playoffs since. You know, Um and I didn't watch the UFC outside, but I'm just saying um, that's that's part of the thing that I'm looking for is to watch shit like that outside. And, you know, I could uh, watch all sorts of, you know, action. You know, it's one of those things, too, that I got that whatever it's called, uh, UFC Fight Pass or some shit. It's like an app. Um, so um, I got that so I can catch up on years of shit that I haven't watched. And I could, I could sit outside and fucking watch this guy versus that guy on a fucking giant fucking screen. I think it's cool as shit. Um, we used to fucking gather at my friend Danny's house because his father had a fucking 58-inch fucking uh, projected fucking screen, the, the, the flat panel that costs like $1,000 and weighs about 1,000 pounds and shit. He had, and if you sit on the side, you can't see a goddamn thing. He had one of those, and it was like, the coolest shit that he had this big ass TV and now that TV ain't shit compared to my TV in my room that TV ain't definitely ain't shit compared to the one in my living room and now I got 120 inches on my fucking the outside of my house what like this shit to me is really crazy it's really surreal but anyway the UFC shit I was I've been getting more into because you know it's just another thing that I could watch and it's fun to watch in these different you know situations um whether it be the living room, the outside, whatever. Um, that main event was fucking crazy. It kept having these, like, I guess you'd call them, like, false finishes and shit, because, you know, you would get the vibe, like a motherfucker would get hit, and you'd be like, oh, shit, and the next thing you know, he's going out. They had, like, back and forth 
those moments over and over where it was like if he took one more shot, he was done. And then he kind of stalled and held out. And next thing you know, he had the other guy in that position where one more shot, he would have been done. And then he fucking stalled and held out and, and, and came back and started hitting this motherfucker. With, and it just kept going so back and forth with those fucking near, near end game fucking strikes and, and, and submissions and this, that. And it was fucking crazy. I'm not going to spoil the fight. So if you can go watch the, the main event of that shit, um, I don't think you'll be upset at all. Like, if you're any kind of fight fan, you know, even if you're just like a boxing fan, I think you would like that the amount of, like, back and forth and, and drama that was in that fucking, uh, that main event. But, uh, yeah, check that shit out. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, my man Jeremy hasn't been doing the podcast, so, uh, can't really plug his shit, but, you know, you can go back and check out all the archives. I got your five stars. He's got plenty. And some, a lot of these guys that he had as up-and-comers, they're just going to keep coming out of the woodwork as stars because that dude's got a, he's got a good eye for talent. Not the way Ian does where Ian sees the talent, uses them, and then later on robs them, but just where he admires the talent and talks to them on his podcast, you know, so you can go back and, and check that out. It's all on the up and up. You don't have to hear about him robbing anybody later or anything like that, which is always a plus. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you know, the backhanded compliment of like, oh, yeah, I found that guy and then robbed him. You know, like, <laughs> what the fuck? But um, fucking Ian, fuck a, you know, half of these motherfuckers. Fuck them. Um, why? I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Um, so, you know, that, I think that's about all I got. I'm going to leave that shit at that. Uh, I got to, you know, finish this week out, do my thing at work. And uh, Saturday I'll be out there in the motherfucking uh, back in in the obstacle course racing world, which is uh, something that is, is, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be something. Because, uh, you know, I, I haven't done this shit for a long time. I've trained a lot of things, but I know how this shit goes because I, year in, year out, I would get better. I actually, even through the season, I would get better. Like, oh, I had struggles with climbing a rope, and then later in that season, I was climbing ropes. And then the next year, I'd start out, and I was good because I, I remembered the shit that I learned from the past season. And, and, and I have some knowledge and some things that I know. I don't have to really figure obstacles out quite as much because even like some of those, like I know, but it's a matter of, you know, applying that strength and balance and weight distribution to some of these things to, to really do it well. And that's, that's going to be something else that I, I haven't done in, you know, since 2019. So it's going to be a huge fucking challenge. I'm looking forward to it, but also, like I said, the nervousness is there. I'm going to show up. I'm, I'm going to be a fucking animal. I'm going to unleash every fucking thing I have on that course and just see what I can fucking do. Hopefully I come out of it without any injuries. Um, and then just back to the motherfucking drawing board, back to the training, see what kind of shit I came up short on, whatever. I have two more races that I would like to do this year. I'm going to gauge everything as far as how I go forward based on this race. I feel like this is the biggest race that I would have. So even, um, you know, I mean, I get through this. I think it only kind of gets better. A Savage Race would be the next one that I would do, and that's in Pennsylvania in August. And um, 
that's another big one. When I did Savage Race, I only did that one once. But when I did that one, it impressed me. Its obstacles are really, really um, different. And it gave me, like, a way different, like, so normally your legs are fucked. You know, you, you got a lot of shit that's sore and everything for sure. But something about Savage Race, that motherfucker had my arms dead. Like, my fucking forearms felt like I was going to snap tendons and shit. Like, you know, and the bend of my elbow. Like, all this shit felt, like, real fucked up. Like, like my legs feel on all the other races. So I was impressed by how hard my fucking arms got worked throughout that shit because I didn't really have that arm fatigue in any of the other races that I had in that one. And then maybe it was some fluke shit in my training going into that was was uh, not as strategic. I didn't remember doing anything too hard on arms like close to the race, but something about it, man, I, I really and, – and I like that. And then I was like, fuck it. I want to, I want to do that shit again. So Savage Race would be the second. And then the, I would close out with doing um, uh, Tough Mudder in the Poconos, which is a hot motherfucker, in September. Um, Poconos gets fucking blazing. Everybody knows the Poconos for the fucking ski mountains and shit. But in the summertime, that motherfucker is a goddamn oven. And uh, I did uh, Super Spartan there uh, probably three times. And that shit... Oh, my fucking God, that shit is hot. I feel like it's that much closer to the sun, and it just cooks you. But anyway, I'm looking forward to all of it. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. I'm sure I missed all sorts of shit, so fill me in on what the fuck I lost, what I missed, and I'll try to come back at that shit around the next time. And I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. Accuser Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no fools.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.